Grace be unto you and peace from God our Heavenly Father and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for our meditation on this Transfiguration Week is recorded in the 61st chapter of the prophet Isaiah, beginning with the 10th verse. I will rejoice, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us to your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. There's an old proverb that goes, the clothes make the man. Many have mistakenly attributed it to Mark Twain. However, the proverb has already been found in the adages of the Renaissance humanist Erasmus. And variations of it are at least as old as the Greek poet Homer. Now the proverb has multiple meanings. The first is that people are judged by how they are dressed. The second is that clothes can change the people who wear them. And the third is that our clothes can change others as well. In our text for today, all three of these meanings are in play. First, we shall see that people are judged by how they dress. When God created Adam and Eve, they were clothed in the image of God. Now, the image of God refers to the perfect righteousness and holiness with which they were created. But when our first parents ate of the forbidden fruit, they lost the image of God. Ashamed of their nakedness, they tried to dupe God by covering up their sin with fig leaves. The ironic thing, though, about fig leaves is that they release a sap that is very, very itchy to the human skin. That's our first parents were probably breaking out into hives as they were trying to cover up the loss of the image of God with these silly, itchy, itchy fig leaves. As a result, God had no other choice but to judge them by how they were dressed. And as a result, they were exiled from Eden. Now, our fig leaves may be metaphorical, but we still use them to conceal our sins anyway. We create self-aggrandizing narratives in our heads about ourselves. We tell others half-truths about ourselves to carefully manicure, manicure and cultivate our public personas. We blend in with those who share our sins. We attack others for our failures, 
rather than taking personal responsibility for those mistakes. And we even put down others in order to raise ourselves up. But in the end, our metaphorical fig leaves are no more effective than the literal ones of our first parents. Our fig leaves are just as self-destructive and, to be honest, just as silly-looking as those of our first parents. And as a result, God has no other choice, reluctantly so, but no other choice but to judge us by how we are dressed. Now we shall see that clothes can also change the people who wear them. Seeing our first parents in their self-inflicted predicament, our God simply could not abandon them. Instead, he promised to send them the God-man Christ Jesus, who alone could atone for human sin and restore the image of God to them. As a temporary solution then, God provided them forgiveness through animal sacrifices and then covered their sins with hides made from the very same sacrifices. Now fast forward a couple of millennia and Jesus is in a synagogue in Nazareth where he's just finished reading the words leading up to our text and he says to the synagogue, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. By this he meant that the suffering servant of Israel, long foretold, had finally come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the great and glorious jubilee, liberation of all of the captives, the cancellation of all debts, and the reopening of the gates of paradise. For the Lamb of God once promised long ago had indeed come to offer a permanent solution to the temporary one that God forged in the garden. For as the God-man, he willingly sacrificed himself on the high altar of the cross so that both you and me would be declared innocent of all of our sins and so that we would be clothed in a robe made of his very own righteousness. The prophet Isaiah puts it this way, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. His blood and his righteousness indeed became our beauty and our glorious dress, for our transfiguration in Christ began through water and the word. For as soon as we put on Christ in baptism, our reconfiguration in Christ's holy image began to take place. Our transfiguration in Christ is only deepened in holy communion. 
For at the wedding feast of the Lamb, we celebrate our union and communion with him, dressed in the finest royal priestly attire. Not only that, but we are declared partakers of that which we are to become, like unto Christ, our brother. The prophet Isaiah was so enraptured by this very image that he couldn't help but sing the words of our text. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Finally, we shall see that our clothes can change others as well. When we model our robes of righteousness down the runway of this life, God uses it in order to create righteousness and praise in others. Now this isn't just a logical deduction from the proverb, the clothes make the man. Rather, our text gives us very interesting comparison. For as the earth brings down its fruit, and as the garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, as certain as creation itself is, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. If we have been buried with Christ in baptism, that is, if we have been engrafted into him, then we really are oaks of righteousness, deeply rooted oaks in God's word, and also trees of life to all those around us. Now, God could have chosen angels to do this work rather than the vocations and ministries of men. But he knew that we, who had been readmitted into paradise, couldn't, couldn't bear our fellow man standing outside in those fig, in those fig leaves unawares. For this reason, we have every reason to indeed bloom where we are planted. For in Christ, we are empowered to do exactly that. Before coming to Bethany, I served a congregation that had the custom of placing a funeral pall upon the caskets of all the faithfully departed. Now, a pall is a large white cloth that drapes over a casket. The purpose of the pall is to remind us that in baptism, we were clothed with Christ. Now, to be sure, most likely we will all experience temporal death. But because we have been robed in the righteousness of Christ, death, it's only the portal to the promised land of heaven. Death, or sorry, paradise, was indeed once lost. But in Christ, it has been regained and so very much more. The clothes indeed make the man. Amen.